Welcome to another episode of Cypherma Podcast where we dive into a fascinating cyber intrigue, centered around the release of treated water from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Cypherma combines cyber intelligence with attack surface discovery and digital risk protection to deliver early warning, personalized, contextual, outside-in, and multi-layered insights. We have built the next generation of AI-powered threat intelligence platform called External Threat Landscape Management, ETLM, to provide cyber defenders with the hacker's view to help clients prepare for impending attacks. Cypherma is headquartered in Singapore with offices in Japan, India, the US, and the EU. Customers include both governments as well as Fortune 500 companies across manufacturing, financial services, retail, industrial products, natural resources, and pharmaceutical industries. Let's delve into this issue. Anonymous and other hacktivist groups have been making waves with hashtags like hashtag OpFukushima, hashtag OpJapan, and hashtag OpTeptu, raising concerns about this release. In this episode, we'll explore a recent incident involving a Twitter account named Nuclear27 and its claims of a significant cyber threat. But as we dig deeper, we'll discover that not everything is as it seems. This is the story of nation-state propaganda coattailing Fukushima-treated water release hacktivism. This began when the Cypherma research team came across a Twitter account named Nuclear27 in August 2023. This account claimed to have discovered a critical vulnerability related to the treated water release from the Fukushima nuclear plant. They also alleged the existence of backdoors in Japanese network devices, which they claimed were being used to spy on citizens. Initially, this appeared to be a serious threat, warranting further investigation. However, as we delved into the details, it became evident that things are not as they seem. Basic due diligence revealed that Nuclear 27 was exploiting old and patched vulnerabilities on old IoT routers with hard-coded credentials. This practice was commonly used for servicing and maintenance a decade ago. The threat actors merely exploited these vulnerabilities to give the illusion of a large-scale attack. The attention they were seeking from the public and media never materialized. The only mention of this attack came from a suspicious Chinese news site, iNews. This leads us to conclude with medium confidence that this was a propaganda stunt. The Nuclear27 Twitter account, which was created in August 2023, posted a series of tweets between the 26th and 28th of August. They started with a YouTube video in the style of Anonymous, claiming ongoing attacks on Japanese organizations. The video used stock footage and text-to-speech, making it difficult to trace the true source. Their subsequent tweets claimed a zero-day vulnerability and alleged Japanese government backdoor accounts to spy on its own citizens. But the evidence they provided didn't hold up to scrutiny. To verify the claims made by Nuclear27, we asked some basic questions. First, which devices were vulnerable? The screenshots provided showed successful login into the Seiko Skybridge MBA100 device. These are IoTM2MLTE 3G routers used exclusively in the Japanese market. These devices have been on the market since at least 2014 and are not used outside Japan. Furthermore, these vulnerabilities had already been reported in vulnerability databases such as JVN and CVE. These devices were patched by Seiko in late February 2023, and a patch was released on March 1, 2023. So, Nuclear27's claim of a zero-day vulnerability was not accurate. 
You might wonder how Nuclear 27 managed to breach these devices, when a patch existed. These devices are internet-facing and, unfortunately, many are not actively managed and patched. So, finding them using vulnerability scanners like Shodan is not too hard for experienced hackers. Nuclear 27 likely used exposed credentials to log into unpatched devices and defaced the web UI login page. Shodan results showed that Nuclear 27 altered half of the discovered devices, further confirming their involvement. But it's important to note that these devices were primarily used for simple purposes, like CCTV, payment terminals in taxi cars, or IPTV for truck cabins. Their value for any significant damage was limited. When it comes to attribution, it's challenging to pinpoint the exact identity of Nuclear 27. They used a single-use burner account on Twitter and YouTube, making high-confidence attribution difficult. However, some clues suggest that this might be the work of Chinese threat actors. The devices in question were niche and made exclusively for the Japanese market, which implies a deep understanding of Japanese digital infrastructure. The smoking gun points toward Chinese involvement, especially considering the only other mention of Nuclear 27 was on the Chinese news site, iNews. So, what motivated Nuclear 27? It appears their primary motivation was propaganda, designed to expose and humiliate the Japanese government for what they perceived as hypocrisy. They aimed to contrast Japan's covert surveillance and the release of radioactive water with China's overt surveillance and environmental pollution. In conclusion, Nuclear 27's claims of a zero-day RCE vulnerability and government backdoors in Japanese network infrastructure do not hold up to scrutiny. Instead, they appear to have used old and patched vulnerabilities to deface the web UI login screens of old IoT routers for propaganda purposes. This incident serves as a reminder of the complex world of cybersecurity and the need to critically assess claims in an age of digital disinformation. It also highlights the importance of distinguishing between genuine threats and orchestrated propaganda. Thank you for joining us on this podcast journey into the world of cyber intrigue and hacktivism. Stay vigilant and remember to verify before you believe. We'll see you soon with another research topic. This is the Cypherma research team signing off.